Coming up next, Real Israel Talk Radio, Program 21, Episode 55. Adam and Eve, as a pure, perfect creation of Yehovah, they became genetically modified physically and spiritually. It affected them. Their DNA, the genome that made up their entire structure, it became corrupted. Hello there once again. This is Avi Ben Mordechai. And welcome to our podcast, uh, Real Israel Talk Radio. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at the idea of Yeshua and salvation. This is the second podcast in our series on dealing with Yeshua and salvation. What does it mean? What did it mean to the believers in Yeshua way back in the first century or what we would call the Jewish Second Temple period? How would they have understood the idea of salvation? Okay, as we get started here, we're going to continue where we left off on the last podcast. Uh, we're talking about the idea of eating once and dying twice. Uh, we were talking last time about Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15, where Moses had uh, written, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And speaking about these ideas... The life and good concept is about eternal, everlasting life and the concept of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Or, better put, the tree of the knowledge of good but evil because it really is a teaching tree that is evil but it appears to be good when in fact it's not good, sort of like going to the grocery store and picking up a watermelon or perhaps getting a uh, avocado, and then you get it home and open it up, and it's, ugh, it's really rotten and horrible inside. Well, that's kind of the idea that I'm trying to present for you, that not everything that we look at and deem to be good and tasty is in fact good and tasty. It could be poison. And that is the idea behind Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, with the tree of the knowledge of good but evil. So, with that being said, let's go ahead now and continue with eat once and die twice. This is going to come from Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Now, in everyday, um, you know, translations of the Bible in English, normally you will see this passage translated as, in the day that you eat of it, referring to this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as they place it in the English language, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Uh, 
Now, translators are generally going to refer to this idea, you shall surely die, in a more technical, linguistic way, defining the Hebrew in this passage as an infinitive absolute, which simply is going to mean that if you eat of this tree that Jehovah says, don't eat from it, well, you're not only going to die, but you're going to really die. So this is you know, like an emphasis that's placed on that particular idea. I mean, it's possible that they're right, but uh, I'm seeing it a little bit differently as I am connecting it to the Brit Hadashah or the New Testament. So when you look at Genesis 2, 16 through 17, you're going to see something a little bit different here. Let me start in verse 16. And Jehovah Elohim commanded the man, saying, Of all the tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good but evil, or and evil, you shall not eat. For then he goes on to say, For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. However, I am reading it more like this. For in the day that you eat of him, in dying or to die, you will die. In Hebrew, this is going to be mot tamut. Mot tamut. So the idea of mot in this passage, is dying or to die. We can learn here from Genesis 2.17 in the Hebrew, ki bayomachalcha mimenu motemut. In that day or in the day when you eat of him, to die or dying motemut turning it into the future tense, saying, to die, you will die. So this, of course, tells me that there are going to be two deaths, which matches perfectly with many of the teachings of Hebrew Scripture and the Brihadashah, the New Testament. And you can see that in passages such as Yehuda or Jude, as they say, verse 12. These are spots in your love feasts while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. And then it says, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, twice dead. This is an interesting idea because here we have the concept of mot tamut twice dead. Now, let's go over here to Romans 6.16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves as slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? And then Paul goes on to say, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience, referring to the idea of hearing, leading to righteousness, which is another Hebrew word, tzaddik, to mean everlasting or eternal life. 
So what we have here is the law of sin and death. And sin, as we talked about on the last program, is dealing with this idea of missing the mark, missing the goal, something that was set in front of Adam and Eve or Adam and Hava in Genesis 2, 9 and in 2.17. Do not eat from that tree, because if you eat from that tree, it is going to lead you to death. Well, naturally, the death idea is physical. But the way the Hebrew is structured, it's not just that we end with death or that Adam ended up with death in a physical sense. Nope. This is dealing with physical death leading unto spiritual death because that's what the law of sin and death is all about. It's leading unto a second death. And that is an important principle that is taught over and over again in Hebrew Scripture and also in the Brit Hadashah, that is the New Testament. So the sin leading to death is coming from the Garden of Eden and the story of Adam's fall in Genesis chapter 3. This is what this sin leading to death is all about. Now, let's continue and take it a little bit further, okay? In Deuteronomy, the volume, the volume, chapter 32, verse 33, Jehovah said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. You know, when I'm reading a statement like that, it can sometimes give you the impression that it means if you're a bad little boy or girl or a bad little adult or a bad little whatever, because you've been doing bad things, kind of like going before the, uh, the priest at the Catholic Church and then doing confession. Oh, Father, I have sinned today. Okay, look, I mean, we all do bad things, but that's not what this is talking about. Not in my opinion. When this refers to whoever has sinned against me, this is a position. This is something that happens because we inherit that particular nature, the law of sin and death, from the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. So we are inheriting something that the seed of Adam passed down to us. And that's why we are in the position we're in here in this life on planet Earth. So if we have not received the redemption that is in Yeshua, in other words, what he took care of for us, how he bought us and paid for us and took us away from the sin of the Garden of Eden when he was able to redeem us and buy our way out of that particular mess that Adam gave to us through what I would call a genetic imprint. Or put another way, a GMO, a genetically modified physical and spiritual genome 
with the DNA that we inherited through Adam, through Eve, from the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. So if you have not yet received that redemption that is in Yeshua, you are sinning against Jehovah. You are sinning against him because you have inherited something that you would like to not inherit if you could, but you got to get out of that particular connection. You have to break loose from that law of sin and death that has its grip on you, on all of us, on all of humanity. That's the point. And so if we're sinning against the Almighty from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, folks, that just puts us in one category, which is we get blotted out from Jehovah's book of life. And that is not a good place to be. It will never be a good place to be, and it's not going to end well. Now, let's go on to Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Here's what Daniel writes. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered or will be saved, is what it says in the Hebrew. Everyone who was found written in the book. Well, compare that to Deuteronomy, Devolim, chapter 32, verse 33, about being blotted out of the book if you're sinning, but there is going to be salvation in the book of Jehovah where we are not blotted out, but rather written into that book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And this is a message that Yeshua presented in the book of John, or the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 26 to 29. So let's take a look at that idea. Verse 26, For as the Father has life in himself, because he's the source of all life, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Why? Because of the principle found in the book of Bereshit or Genesis that like kind produces like kind. So, the tree of life produces like kind. That is, another tree of life from its seed. And from the serpent or the devil or the Nahash or the Satan or whatever you want to call him from Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, he too has a seed. And if we are in that seed, then again, like kind produces like kind. So we then end up like him. But in John chapter 5, verse 26, Yeshua says, the Father has life, and because of like kind, producing like kind, therefore the Son has life in himself, and he gives us 
his life for what he accomplishes for us in a redemption. Therefore, in verse 27, it reads, and has given him, referring to the son, authority to execute judgment also, because he is the son of man which is the idea of what he accomplishes through his death and resurrection, which is a whole another story in and of itself. And so then, verse 28 says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming, says Yeshua, in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. That's connected to John, Yochanan, chapter 11, verses 24 and 25, to hear the voice of Messiah. And then you go to verse 29, because when you hear his voice, it says, you will come forth. You're going to come out of the ground. Or as Paul talks about in that resurrection scenario in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and in 1 and 2 Thessalonians that we will come forth if we're dead already when Messiah comes. Or in the resurrection scenario, when he comes, if we are alive, we're going to be in a resurrection caught up together with those who died and came up out of the ground. And we're going to join them in that great resurrection of the last day. So in that resurrection, we will come forth, whether dead or alive, on the moment we hear his voice, and to those who have done good No, this is not about, well, I just did good. This is about doing the good. Well, what is the good? That is the etz hachaim. Etz hachaim. That is the tree of life. That's from Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, and Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. That's the tree of life, the Etzahim. And so if we're doing the good of the tree of life, well, what happens? We then are given the opportunity to participate in the resurrection of life. John 5:29. And in participating in that resurrection, That's where we go on to eternal life. That's the first resurrection. And if you want to really understand that, you can go over to Revelation chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the 1,000-year millennial reign of Messiah, until that thousand years was finished. This is the first resurrection when the dead of the redemption come to life before the 1,000 years begins. And then there is a 1,000-year period where there's all kinds of things going on in Messiah's kingdom on earth where Jerusalem, that's literal, physical Jerusalem below, 
where it's going to be a glorious place to be able to hang your hat for a day, for a year, for a season, for a thousand years. Oh, yeah. And those that did not make the first resurrection, they will stay dead, stay asleep until the final resurrection. That is the second one at the end of the period, which is going into the eighth day. This is at the end of the seventh day. And that resurrection is the one that you don't want to participate in. That's a bad one. So, Revelation 20, verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection. That's the key. Blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death, that's at the end of the last day when that final resurrection takes place over such the second death has no power but they shall be priests of God and of Messiah and shall reign with him for 1,000 years that my friends is you and I if we have received that redemption in Messiah, if we have been written into the book of life rather than getting blotted out of the book of life. So this is all tied in with that redemption of Genesis 2, 16 and 17, where it says to die or in dying you will die. There is a first resurrection and a second resurrection or a first death and a second death. And that is not the one you want to participate in. That is the second death and the second resurrection. You want to take the first resurrection and the first death. Well, the first death is physical and everyone goes through that. But the second death from Genesis 2.17, that's what we inherited from Adam and Eve. That is not the one you want. And so in Daniel 12, 1-2, it says, Everyone who was found written in the book, they are the ones that receive this special first resurrection. And then Daniel goes on to say, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt or condemnation. Now, that matches perfectly with what Yeshua said again in John 5, 28 and 29. Don't marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and will come forth or will exit out of the graves. Those who have done the good to the resurrection of life. That's the first resurrection. And those who have done evil or the evil, referring to the etzadat, tovarah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to a resurrection of condemnation or of contempt. And with this being said, you can then go over to Paul's writing in Romans 8, 1, 
There is therefore now no condemnation or contempt for those who are in Messiah Yeshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That is totally true. It is. So you're not walking in the flesh when you are written into the book of life of the Etzahayim. You're not walking in the flesh. But that's inside you in your neshama because you're in the Messiah. Your mind is being renewed. So now I want to come back after we take a short break and let's continue with this whole principle of eating once and dying twice and take it a little bit further. Stay with us. This is Avi ben Mordechai and you're listening to Real Israel Talk Radio. You're listening to Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, Program 21, Episode 55. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Once again, here's your host, Avi Ben-Mordechai. Okay, we're back for the second half of our program, the podcast Real Israel Talk Radio. So let's continue where we left off. And let's bring up the subject of sold to the law of sin and death. And I'm kind of playing a little bit with words. This is sold, referring to S-O-U-L-E-D, sold to the law of sin and death. Okay, and let's get started and deal with it here. Now let's go to Genesis 2:24 and read that together, okay? Therefore, a man shall let go of or leave his father and mother and shall be glued or in Hebrew the word is davak, which is this idea of being joined or glued to his woman or his wife and they shall become one flesh. Wow. And it's so fascinating because Paul's going to talk about this very thing in Ephesians chapter 5. Now, after this whole event takes place, where Adam and Hava, Adam and Eve, both got snookered into taking a bite from the tree of the knowledge of good but evil. With that said, let's go over here to Genesis 3.13. Yehovah came and said to Adam, What did you do? I told you not to do that. Well, Adam gave a little answer and then quickly blamed it on his wife, his woman. <laughs> yeah, us guys do a lot of that blame game thing, don't we? Uh I've done it myself. I know what that feels like. And Jehovah then said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And he's just really asking her, What happened? Well, what was her response? Let's read it in Hebrew, okay? Vetomer ha'isha ha'nachash, hishiane ve'ochel. 
Translated into English, this is saying, And she, the woman, said, The serpent married me, and I ate. Now, some of you might have your jaw dropping, saying, What? What do you mean, married? Well, that's kind of what's being said. I mean, it's really hard to get around that. That's what the Hebrew is, uh, is telling us. Hishiani is from Nasa in Hebrew, and Nasa is to lift up or, you know, to elevate in a marriage kind of way. But the Hishiani aspect, it's in a structure of the Hebrew language that gives us the idea of being snookered into marriage to become one with the serpent, to become one with the ha Nachash. Nachash is Genesis chapter 3, verse 13, because it's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. That's the Nachash, who's also called the Satan, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, all those kinds of ideas in the Brihadash on the New Testament. So the woman says, I ate from the tree, I ate from it. The serpent became one with me. He married me. He made a marriage proposal to me. And I said, oh, I do. And she ate from that tree and gave it to her husband. And he also ate. And together they got sick. They passed it down to all of us. And we're now sick because nearly 6,000 years of humanity has gone by since this event in the garden. And Adam and Eve, as a pure, perfect creation of Jehovah, they became genetically modified physically and spiritually. In whatever they look like, It affected them, their DNA, their genetic structure, the genome that made up their entire structure. It became corrupted. And in that corruption, they became bent and twisted due to that transgression. Being bent and twisted, the scriptures define that as avon or laaven. That is the idea of to become perverted, to become bent, to become twisted. That's what happened when they ate from that tree. They got snookered, folks, and they ate. Both of them did, Adam and Hava, Adam and Eve. They became one with the serpent. In the same way that they had been one with Messiah, with the word, They now exchanged their oneness with the oneness of the serpent. They were one with Jehovah. They gave it up and they decided to make a covenant with sin and death and become one with the serpent. That is why Genesis 3.22 says, Then Jehovah Elohim said, Behold, the man has become as or like one from us to know experientially good but evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and also 
partake of the tree of life and eat from that and live forever in this condition? He made sure that that would not happen. He did damage control, which was really a very loving thing for him to do. So this is why it said the man became like one from us. Because man, Adam, Eve, they exchanged the oneness that they had with Jehovah. And in that exchange, they threw that away. They just jettisoned that oneness and they took on the oneness of the serpent and became one with sin and death. This is why Yeshua says what he says in John chapter 17, verse 20 and following. I do not pray for these alone, says Yeshua, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, echad in Hebrew, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us and that the world may believe that you sent me. That's verses 20 through 22 of John chapter 17. So the point being that Yeshua is praying to the Father that all of us will become one again as Adam and Eve were once one. We are restored back to the way we were through the death, burial, resurrection of Messiah. This is why it says in Psalm 118, verse 17, I will not die, but live and declare the works of Jehovah. And then verse 19, open to me the gates of justness. It's translated righteousness, but it's justness. I will go through them and I will praise Jehovah. Then verse 20, this is the gate of Jehovah through which the just shall enter. Then verse 21, I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation, my Yeshua in Hebrew. And then verse 22, the stone which the builders rejected, they rejected him for their justness to be declared just. He has become the chief cornerstone. This was Jehovah's doing. It is wonderful in our eyes. The Hebrew word wonderful here is pele, pelamed aleph, which is a word that shows us a messianic prophecy. It's the name of the Messiah. He is called wonderful. You can read that in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 5 and 6. And then Psalm 118, verse 24, then says, This is the day Jehovah has made. We will rejoice and be glad in Him. <laughs> Being glad in Him in that day. What day? In the day that He is our salvation. And what is our salvation? It is our death our burial, our resurrection, when we experience 
everything that Yeshua went through when he died physically, went into a second death spiritually, and then on the third day, exited up and out of that second death to impart to us his newness of life. That's what we're going to get in the first resurrection when that comes according to Revelation chapter 20, verses 5 through 6, and many, many other places. And in Psalm 23, 3, we learn this. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of justness for his name's sake. So that was Yeshua. That's what he accomplished for us. So now let's go back again to Genesis chapter 3, verse 13, with this whole marriage thing that takes place. The woman said, the serpent became one with me. I got the wool pulled over my eyes. I got snookered. So when Yeshua is talking to the Pharisees, we're going to get a good idea of what he is referring to in this whole idea of being one with the serpent's seed. So go to John 8, verse 31. Yeshua said to those Yehudim who believed him, If you abide or live in my word, You are my disciples indeed. Then these religious people who had believed in him were trying to understand what what he was saying. They say to him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. So how can you say you will be made free? And Yeshua answers, well, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. This is Paul's teaching of the law of sin and death. This is where he is building on this idea from the book of Genesis. And Yeshua then says, a slave does not abide or live in the house forever. A son abides forever. So this is referring to when a slave is sent out of the house and is given his freedom on the Yovel or the Jubilee cycle, the 50th year. He's referring to that 50th year of redemption because then a slave is released and he can make a decision that if he wants to be a son, then he can come in. But if he doesn't want to be a son, he's free to go do whatever he wants to do. So then Yeshua says in verse 36, if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Of course, referring to that 50th year called the Jubilee or the Yovel, as it's referenced in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 13. So then Yeshua says in verse 37, Well, I know that you are Abraham's seed or descendants. Of course, that's a physical, natural inheritance. Yes, I know that. But then Yeshua says, But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. My Torah has no place in you is what he's saying. And then he says, I speak what I've seen with my father, and you do what you have seen with your father. Remember the principle, friends. Like kind 
produces like kind. Like kind produces like kind. This goes back to Genesis chapter 1, when the creation is subjected to the word of Jehovah. Because what is created produces like kind. This seed produces that seed because it's like this seed. That's the point. So he's saying to them, you are not Avraham's children or sons. You're not. And they said to him, Abraham is our father. And Yeshua's response to them is, no, no, no. If you were Avraham's sons, remember, like kind produces like kind. Well, you would do the works of Avraham because Avraham did that. And therefore, if you're like him, because like kind produces like kind, then you're going to do what he did. But he says, but now you're seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Avram didn't do this. Of course not, because Avram lived a long, long time before them. But Jehovah has spoken to them through the story of Avram. So Yeshua then says in John 8, 41, you... Do the deeds of your father, your progenitor, the one who gave his seed in the Garden of Eden. You are doing his actions because like kind produces like kind. You're doing exactly what you are supposed to do because you're a genetic imprint of Nahash, of the serpent. Then they said to him, in verse 41, oh, come on. Well, I'm adding that, of course. We were not born of fornication. We have one Father, God. Wow. Do you hear what they said there? We were not born of fornication. What are they referring to? I believe they're referring to Genesis 3.13. When Yehovah Elohim said to the woman, Vetomer ha'isha ha'nachash hishi'ani ve'ochel. That is, the nachash married me. He became one with me spiritually. He did everything and connected to me. And I ate. And the fruit that came off of that tree, like kind, produces like kind. The Pharisees are saying to Yeshua, we were not born of that. And Yeshua then says in verse 42, if God, if Elohim were your father, in other words, if you were of his seed, you would love me. For I proceeded forth, I came forth and came from him, came from God, came from Elohim. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Then verse 43, why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Of course not. They couldn't listen to his word because the seed had choked 
off all of the truth that he was trying to give to them. That's a whole image of what's going on with the parable of the sower and the seed in Matthew chapter 13. The seed got choked and taken away by the serpent, the Nachash. And so Yeshua says in John 8, 44, You are of your father, the devil, the Nachash. You see, that's a true statement, folks. Of course, that's a true statement. And all of us, not just the Pharisees, no, 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 not just all of those religious people out there. No, 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 no. All of us, you, me, my mom, my dad, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, the great learned scholars of Judaism and all the world and the great wisdom teachers, everybody in the whole world. If we have a mother and a father and we are born into this world, I am convinced, and I tell you straight up, we come into this world from the seed of our father, the devil, the Nachash of Genesis 3.1. Yes, you, me, we all come into this world inheriting sin and death because like kind produces like kind. We are like our father, Nahash, the devil. So it's not just the Pharisees here. And we have to be born from above, born again. We have to get out of this mess If we don't get out of this mess, then our father, the Nahash, the serpent, the devil, remains our father. And then, if that's the case, we're not written in the book of life. And if we're not written in the book of life, we're still in sin. And if we're still in sin, then we're not going to participate in the first resurrection. And if we don't participate in the first resurrection, we're going to participate in the second resurrection. And if that happens we're going to go into the second death. So it all ties together. And so Yeshua says to them, and the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. The beginning? Yes, of course. He was a murderer from Breshit, Genesis. That's the word, the beginning. Breshit. Breshit. The beginning and does not stand in the truth, the truth of the Torah, the truth of the word, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own, his own resources, who he is, for he is a liar and the father of him, the father of the lie. This is so, so important to understand this principle And that's why Yeshua goes into this whole story to them about who their father is. And then at the end of John chapter 8, they picked up stones to throw at him and to stone him to death because of what he was saying to them. They were trying to kill him. If they were of the seed of Avraham, the seed of the Messiah, they wouldn't be trying to kill him. Nah, no way. So, once again, let's revisit Genesis 3, 
Yehovah Elohim said, Behold, the man has become as one of or from us to know, that is to experientially enter into oneness with good but evil. That's the tree of the knowledge of good but evil. The etzadat tov vera. We need to get cut loose from that genetic imprint from like kind producing like kind. We need to get cut loose from that, folks. And the only way to do that is through Yeshua and what he accomplished for us. So I'm going to break right here. And when we come back on the third program in our series of Yeshua and Salvation, we'll talk about the sick man among us. And then we'll continue on to look at what this whole salvation story is all about. So join us on the next program. That's episode number 56. Episode 56. Come back and join us then. In the meantime, go to our website at www.cominghome.co.il. Cominghome.co.il. Be blessed. Have a great week. Enjoy yourself and rest in your very beautiful and expensive salvation redemption that Yeshua purchased for you, for all of us. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai, and this is Real Israel Talk Radio. You're listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. So if you have a comment or a question, send us an email address to questions at cominghome.co.il. Questions at cominghome.co.il. Questions at cominghome.co.il.